Well, actually, interesting fact, you'd be surprised at how precise the measurements for the pyramid pyramids are and the way that they are built and the places that they are actually built on coincide with specific points on the fact that the world is round. Mm. Yeah, it's got something to do with the, the angle of the sun and the degree of shadows and the, the ley lines that they are actually built on. Yeah. Uh, and it's great documentary on it watch it if you've got ch- if you've got time so we don't do our research into the 90s or even every episode of sabrina but some of us know some shit <laughs> bc got that covered yeah. <laughs> that's that's before clarissa <laughs> And welcome to Sabrina the Teenage Watch, the podcast where three babbling and boisterous bros review all 163 episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. First of all, my name is Phil. I am your host and your guide to this magical adventure of all 163 of those episodes. Or however much time allows us to cover them. This episode features a lot of rhyming, so I'm going to attempt my very own. Okay, so first of all, my colleague to the left... He's lovely, charming, and never so wily. He's my good friend and companion, Mr. Graham Riley. Hello, Graham. Hello, I'll take that, I guess. Um, <laughs> hi. How are you? I'm, 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 very, I'm very good, thank you. And you agree with my uh, description of you. You're you're charming, you're lovely, and you're you're not wily, are you? Um, not really, no. I mean, It's not a coyote, if that's what you mean. And if you're talking about common sense, I have none. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> and my other companion to the right, he's always here for a laugh and a groan. Just never ask him about Salem answering the phone. It's Mr. Chris Evans. Hello, Chris. Hello, Phil. How are you? I'm very good, mate. Did you enjoy that one? I did, but can I, can I throw one back at you? Oh, God, please, please. Yeah, yeah. So, um... He's always here and treats us mean. It's our very good friend, Philip Dean. I think I enjoy, I appreciated the rhyme, um, but uh, the depiction of me being mean is You take uh, the piss out of me all the time, mate. Mate, you're, you're horrible to us off air. I know, it's, yeah. It's, <laughs> even Graham Shadily goes, <laughs> you, you beat yeah. the shit out of us. <laughs> so we are up to episode 11, titled Terrible Things 2. Sorry, uh, oh, what a tangled spell she mm, weaves. Yeah, good, good point, good point. Good point. Um, we've we've made references to the titles being repeated a few times, but I never thought in the space of you know thirty episodes, just over two dozen episodes, that we'd be getting a repeated storyline. Yeah. When you say the titles, you mean the uh, the, the, tit- the opening, the, the opening title sequence, titles, gags. Yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. But no, this yeah, terrible things too. Do you agree with that sort of yeah, statement? I mean, terrible things is a long way back. So yeah, episode I, four. Yeah, I, I guess yeah. revisit if you're going to revisit something, revisit something from very early on. But it's it's pretty much the same part, just framed within the whole quizmaster. You must learn magic better, sort yeah. of um, scenario. Yeah. So so instead of Sabrina trying uh, to use spells to improve our friends' lives, she's just using spells to improve the current situation. Well, uh, with no with no, no sort of long term plan with it, and it all goes uh, tits up. Yeah. Despite the recycled storyline did did we enjoy this episode Salem spent the majority of this episode either crying or nearly crying so you better <laughs> believe I enjoyed this episode Chris <laughs> agree uh, yeah it was it was an episode mm-hmm. it was an yeah, episode it that was an started episode. and finished 
And uh, yeah, again, we keep going on about it, but it, it's a shame that it's a very familiar storyline yes. to, to something even in fairly recent memory. Like I said, there's yes. only 20 odd episodes to go, so it's a bit of a shame. But we're not dwelling on that. We will talk about this episode, which features a lot of rhymes, hence the, uh, the rhyming introductions at the top. Did you enjoy the the uh, the use of poetry in this in this episode? Yeah, I mean it's it served a purpose, yeah. and I like I like the I like the magic when they reference sort of like magical iconography and you know sort of traditions of magic in storytelling throughout the years, tying it all together into as we like to say the same universe. The fact that. The fact that rhyming spells, which are sort of a big part of fairy tales and things, are part of the magical uh, landscape in Sabrina does does please me. Yes, yeah, but they they were they weren't just spells; they were incantations. They were. That's the yeah. proper fancy uh, word yeah. for That's them. A yeah. Special name to distinguish it from regular spells. Yeah. Rhyming yeah. spells are incantations. Yeah. yeah. Regular spells, you just point point. You know, these ones incantations. You actually have to to think about, or in Sabrina's case not think about and that's what the episode is about she's got to learn that um, if she's too general and vague with her spells then chaos will certainly arrive sooner rather than later and that's uh, it's just a way of developing her magic so it's Sabrina and the Quizmaster kind of well Sabrina learning the hard way really that if she's lazy and sloppy with her spells it's not getting shit done is it well it's getting shit done just the wrong shit. The wrong kind of shit. So, boys, are we ready to uh, to start up episode 11? We are. And we are ready to untangle these spells as such. Indeed. Of course. Excellent. Let's weave. So, the episode opens up with Hilda and Zelda beating the shit out of a cabinet. Sorry, no, they're antiquing it, aren't they, by smacking it with a chain. Yeah, didn't understand that, mate. It was really fucking weird. Yeah, yeah I, I don't I, get it. I don't know much about antiquing. It's just making new shit look... Old, so to, I guess to sell it at a profit as if it was hundreds of years old. So yeah, are the, is that is that the point that you make a cheap new object look beaten and weathered because people will pay more for old shit, and yeah. you can be like, oh yeah, this is an 18th century. Blah, blah, blah. So what you're telling me is I could go to IKEA now, buy myself a Billy bookcase, knock the shit out of it, and then sell it on for a profit. Maybe, or or, may, or it's not necessarily for reselling. It might just be to spruce up your house. Look at all these these antique furniture that's been passed through generations when really it was just right, okay. just brand new. I would say this was that so nineties because it's pro- probably a reference to something that was going on at the time, but. I don't really know. We don't really know enough about it to really sort of talk at length about it. But I assume this was this was a trend at the time. Maybe making things look old. I can only I can only guess because it is so strange to behold. Yeah, and I mean, what isn't strange to behold is is uh, Hilda sort of equipped with a chain and beating something. Something which I would assume that she's quite. Uh, knowledgeable about it's definitely something she's done before not necessarily on a piece of furniture and Sabrina comes downstairs and she says what are you doing it sounds like you're uh, beating up furniture oh that is what you're doing what does beating up furniture sound like <laughs> just does, uh, do, is this furniture crying is this furniture that can talk and it's what? screaming oh, oh my god, god. Is imagine it... if you beat up them oh is it is it like it's crying out in a frequency you know like how they've recently discovered that is it onions emit a silent yes. scream when they're cut into? So does grass. Yeah. So so lots of like fruit and veg and, and yeah and foliage does emit a uh, uh, a pitch of screams that we can't hear. Maybe furniture does that. Maybe. Um, also, I mean, the chains obviously did not need to magic them up. They were already there. Oh god! Yeah. In the dungeon. Yeah. yeah. Took them about 
20, 30 minutes to find them through all the other torture implements, but they found them. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, well taken care of, actually. Well taken yeah. care of. Well, they say this is, um, later on, um, Zelda says, this is the most fun I've ever had. This is the most fun I've ever had beating something. And Hilda says, oh, except for that teamster. Now, the phrase teamster doesn't really mean anything to me, so I had a look into it, and it's another word for a lorry driver. Yeah, it's, um, <laughs> I, I know it from like film crews, like the truck drivers always referred to as the teamsters. Um, so they viciously beating up a, a lorry driver at some point. We don't know why. We don't know what he did to deserve it. Possibly nothing. But they enjoyed it. And that's the important thing. <laughs> yeah, they had fun doing it. Yes. What, kicking the shit out of someone? Yeah. Maybe it was the lorry driver that spilled all the uh, the, the buns in the road. That was the only <laughs> way to for him to shut up, to stop screaming, was just to viciously beat him. Maybe. And that was only a week ago, wasn't it? Yeah. Ooh, grim. It's horrible when we uncover this uh, imaginary oh, backstory we give. Right if, it, if it was just Hilda who was like, oh, I enjoyed beating up that guy, I'd be like, oh, of course you did. But Zelda was, you know, yeah. fondly remembering this double team, <laughs> the Spellman sisters, going to town on this uh, this truck driver. Maybe he deserved it, but we don't know. We don't that, know. We're not giving a backstory. That's what I'm concerned about. If it was Hilda, I'd just be like, oh, Hilda. But Zelda as well. Yeah. Oh, dear Lord, what must have happened? Hopefully the fact Zelda got in on it meant that he did deserve it. And he yeah, did I, I'd like to think that. Yeah. Hopefully. But she can be unpredictable sometimes True. anyway. She's not straight up narrow all the time. So Zelda says it's a great way to get rid of frustration. So she whacks it and curses the Nobel Prize Committee. Yeah. Well, so. let's face it. Zelda is an intelligent human being, human witch, whatever, and she has definitely been up for a Nobel Prize at least once in her centuries of being yeah. alive. Or think she ought to have been and never has been chosen. Hence well, there is I mean, I mean, bat breath mints aren't that impressive. No, no, no. for acne though, as she was trying to work yeah. on. Maybe. But I'm thinking more back in the day, like decades ago, when women weren't held in the same respect mm-hmm. as men, and that way she was passed over the Nobel Prize because she was a woman. That's what I'm thinking. That's not a more recent thing, something that was historical. Yeah, that's entirely yeah, possible, maybe. yeah. So Sabrina then decides to get rid of her frustrations and curses her aunts for not buying her a car. So she's imagining abusing her aunts just because they won't buy her a car? Beating them with a chain. Yeah. Wow. There are better and easier ways to ask for a car rather than threaten actual bodily harm. I mean, who does she think she is, Ghost Rider? <laughs> I mean, better she take it out on furniture, of oh, course, oh, than yeah. actual people. As long as the furniture isn't alive. Yes, yes that's... yeah, 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 that's very true. Wow. So, uh, yeah, it's already got dark up in here. Yeah, many questions, many questions. <laughs> About, yeah, the, the sanity and moral choices of these witches. And just why the fuck would you beat... <laughs> Furniture with a chain to antique it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's the question that has led on to all these questions. Also, what actually happened to that lorry driver? Was he hospitalised? Is he still alive? Is he in the dungeon? Yeah, in the dungeon with that Viking, which we may... uh, Yeah, Yeah. well, which we do meet. We um, do meet, yeah. um, But if if you know more about antiquing... I know antiquing is in shopping for antiques, but I don't know about antiquing as in what they're doing here. If you know what the fuck that's about... Please let us know. <laughs> Hashtag antiquing. So due to this unrelentless behaviour, they've missed a step. So, uh, obviously, because they, they can't rewind live TV, despite the magic. So instead, they bring um, sort of antiquing TV expert Bob Veer, or Bob Villa. Bob Veer, Bob Villa. Basically, the, the working man's Tim Allen. Yes, the, yeah. the, the real man's <laughs> yeah, sort of yeah. Tim um, Allen, who comes in and uh, sort of tells them what they need to do. And he says, this really needs a lot of work doing. Uh... Salem asks him a question and he says, Woof, 
good God, I've got a must open a window next time I varnish. I love how he disregards Salem speaking. <laughs> it's brilliant. He's like, he just looks at him and he's like, no, that didn't happen. <laughs> wow, I'm, uh, I puffed too much varnish. Uh, oh dear, have I got an addiction? <laughs> so And then he, he goes to town on the, in the cabinet with him. But yeah, I love how he just brushes off Salem talking and goes, wow, wow. that varnish is too up in here. Quick question. Yes. If it was live TV and they magicked him to his the, the living room, what's happening to the TV show? Oh, shit, yeah. Maybe time stops. Maybe. Or again, it's just another apparition. He's just come out and the TV show continues, but then... Uh, maybe. Or maybe, maybe it's like Space Jam uh, when uh, they uh, get called to the uh, cartoon meeting. In the well, yeah. The, uh, same universe. Cartoon, same universe, perhaps, because they just... Uh, yeah, they just, just, they leave, just go. They? And everyone's just stuck watching TV like with them. Look, they gone. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, hmm. many, many questions in this opening two minutes of Sabrina, and yes. it's guaranteed they will not be answered in the future. <laughs> Nor should they be, because we're being <laughs> we're being pedantic, we're being pedantic <laughs> and overthinking. But that's what we do. <laughs> so the titles roll. I have no idea what she's dressed as, but she's just like a character from a film. Yeah, it's. I, I, I'm ready for my close up. So that's. I'm ready for my close up, Mister Deville. Demille. Demille. Thanks. <laughs> uh, so, but again, it's just. I'm assuming 1920s, 30s garb. I, it's, yeah, it's, just, it's not really it, yeah, anything. It, it's a bit like um, "Come Up and See Me" sometime. It's probably a reference to a particular. Yeah, it, yeah. it's not intended for the audience that's watching it. That's for no, sure. that's no. for sure. And again, if you know old Hollywood better than we do, and you know directly what that's a reference to, let us know. Hashtag old Hollywood. <laughs> Hashtag let us know everything. So Hashtag. We know fuck all. <laughs> we're back in Sabrina's bedroom. Hashtag do our research for us. <laughs> Hashtag we're lazy. We're back in Sabrina's bedroom where a sleeping Salem is creasing all of Sabrina's clothes, who is in a rush to get ready as she's going out. It turns out that as part of her quizzing, this week she can only do incantations, so she can't use magic to simply tidy up her clothes with a point of the finger. So instead, she has to make up a rhyme, which gets her clothes professionally cleaned and pressed. Uh, so we head downstairs, and Hilda and Zelda are admiring their cabinet, the, the one that they've just beaten senseless, claiming it's the nicest thing they've ever beaten up, except for that lorry driver yeah. that uh, we will never repeat Yeah, the again. nicest thing they've ever beaten up. Which suggests that he was a nice man, which and they suggests, beat him up. Which suggests <laughs> he was apologising as he was getting kicked in the ribs. <laughs> yeah. Or possibly whacked with a chain. We don't yeah, know. Maybe. Or, or possibly whacked with a paddle. All sorts of butchery has happened here. And the body, where is it? We don't know. Where's the charges? What happened to Hank? <laughs> then again, though, they've spent... Si- I mean, I know lorries, drivers and stuff haven't been going around for 600 years. But as they like, they've... This could have happened years and years and years ago. And it's just could been have happened blown at, over. At any point from, like, the 1910s onwards, probably. Yeah. yeah. God. Where is... Hashtag find Hank. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's like, where's Wally, isn't it? Just, yeah, where's where's Hank? I, I don't know. I think dis- discovering Wally's like, oh, there he is. Discovering Hank, we're like, oh, oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, the smell of rotting flesh doesn't make for a jovial, fun episode of Sabrina, oh. doesn't it? Yeah. You don't need dental records to find, to find Wally, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally, the cabinet becomes brand new again, causing them to quiz Sabrina when she runs downstairs, to which she admits that she did that make-everything-new spell. Zelda says that she made the spell far too general, and it's affected more than just her clothes. Like Salem, I found the fountain of youth! It's the toilet! This little kitten... 
Christ. It's the cutest little kid. It's adorable. Also, Salem drinks from the toilet, we know. <laughs> yeah. I, I was doing so at the time you turned into a kid. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we, it's, it's, that begs the question, how long has Salem been a cat? And is he still being taken over by his catly urges? Maybe, yeah. Or or as a as a witch, did he drink from the toilet anyway? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, he, he believes that he's the toilet is the Phantom of Youth because he, uh, in this uh, Make Everything New spell, he is turned, I wouldn't say new, but you know, born again. So uh, they turn him back and he says, Hello, trick knee. So we also know that Salem has got a dodgy knee. Gammy, Again, was, gammy knee. Was that before <laughs> or after he was turned into a cat? Yeah. It's, it's, it's some of his physical maladies may have... Uh... Well, it's from all that bending on his knees to drink out the toilet as a, as a witch. Ah, yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah. There so all go. those years of him, you know, down on down on one knee, I assume. What? I don't, which knee? Proposing so... to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking out of the toilet. Then, yeah, that is... That's Quick question. Have some... While he was a human drinking out of the toilet, what did he bend down on one knee with a glass and scoop the water out or did he just submerge his head? I like to think, because he was a, a magical overlord, I like to think he's drinking out of a hollowed skull, but out of the toilet. Yeah, so a scoop, a scoop. A scoop, thing. scooping yeah. motion, yeah. 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 So he didn't submerge his head into the toilet. Yeah. Was the toilet flushed at the time? That is the question. <laughs> that is the question. Mm. Yeah, whose toilet was it? Was it his own? Or did he have a special drinking toilet? That is gross. It's worth thinking about, though. And, and it's- a- I love that. It's worth thinking about. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. We need it's to worth fl- thinking about for the people who are writing Sailor Origins. <laughs> Us. So, uh, yeah. so it, it fleshes out that uh, chapter seven that we are struggling to pad yeah. out. So yeah. at least now we can... It's, it's well, a- yeah, chapter seven is now going to be entitled Drinking from the Throne. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, um, it's just... Yeah, it's it's a chapter-long flashback of how he drank from the toilet. Yeah. There we go. Remember, head to our Kickstarter, Salem Origin Stories. Details on our website. Sabrina apologises and uses an undo spell. Hilda and Zelda scorn her about relying on undo spells. She should learn to get her spells right every time. Hilda tells us that once she used a make-everything-round spell, and she's to thank for Columbus Day. So by that point, she made the Earth round? Which means that flat earthers are not wrong. Were onto something once. Once upon a time, yeah. they were right. Yes, but not anymore because of Hilda. Yeah. Or maybe before Hilda made everything round, the world was was a cube. Maybe. Could have been a cube. Could have been a cube. Still would have fallen off the end, which they were worried they would do at yeah, one time. That, that's very yeah. true. Also, the um, old theory that tortoises stacked on top of each other, and then the world. Maybe that was <laughs> yeah. true. Yeah. Well, actually, my theory is to do with the ancient Egyptians. Uh, so maybe, perhaps, once upon a time, the world was actually a pyramid shape, which is why they built pyramids to match how the world was. Mm. And then Hilda came along and fucked it up, didn't she? Well, actually, interesting fact... You'd be surprised at how precise the measurements for the pyramid pyramids are and the way that they are built and the places that they are actually built on coincide with specific points on the fact that the world is round. Mm. Yeah, it's got something to do with the, the angle of the sun and the degree of shadows and the, the ley lines that they are actually built on. Yeah. Uh, and it's a great documentary on it. Watch it if you've got ta- if you've got time. So we don't do our research into the 90s or even every episode of Sabrina, but... Some of us know some shit. <laughs> BC got that covered. <laughs> that's, that's before Clarissa. 
It's the next day and we're in school and it's bloody freezing apparently because everyone is wearing their winter coats inside. However, Harvey isn't bothered by the temperature as he says he's too miserable to be miserable. Oh, and it had my heart bled a little bit. It was I was yeah. a, li- a little concerned for the young man. And it who's says, made him miserable, Phil? Who do you think has made Harvey feel so terrible? Yeah, who's upset our heartthrob, Harvey Kinkle? Um, I mean, the only person that's capable of that is a certain bastard. <laughs> So Mr. Kinkle is back to discourage his son about his inability to play football to a degree that makes him happy, even though no doubt Mr. Kinkle can't do any better. And also uh, this time he's making unfavourable comparisons between Harvey and his cousins, I believe. Yeah, his his Uncle Uncle Lloyd's Lloyd's kids. kids, Yeah, Yeah, all three of them are first string football players. Yeah. But he also, Harvey also mentions that they can't speak in full sentences. Yes. yes. So, so they might be good at football, but the but thickest the... picture. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But that's, to Mr. Kingle's eyes, that's all that matters. Him and Lloyd, obviously very competitive brothers. And um, yeah, so clearly he wants Harvey to start in the same level as matches as his brother. So he's just using his son. He's using his son as a pawn in his asinine sibling rivalry with Lloyd. And even though he has a lovely, charming, sensitive son, and by the sounds of it, Lloyd's kids are troglodytes, he doesn't care if Harvey's not starting in the football team. Well, we, we always say it, we always say it, but it bears repeating, fuck you, Mr. Kinkle. Fuck, fuck you. you, Mr. Kinkle. And how many points is this awarded? Well, um, uh, three for each of Lloyd's dumb children that he <laughs> thinks Harvey's not as good as. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, I couldn't agree more. So that's three more um, strings to... Uh, Mr. Kinkle's bastard bow. Yes. Yep. Awesome. However, when they were walking through the corridors, Phil, we spotted something, didn't we? Oh, <laughs> we're getting a bit awkward now. This is something we commented on before. Like, we've seen posters scattered around the school, fun uh, posters about... Uh, there was, like, a dolphin smiling yeah. about, about reading, something about eating the right food and, and making sure you're doing well in school. But this one particularly caught our eyes because, obviously, it's a very dark, serious subject. Awareness of it and sort of the need to sort of treat it as a serious epidemic was looked into in the 90s. It sort of began, at least in sort of in, in the West, in American things, in like the late 1970s going into the mm-hmm. 80s. I think in the 90s, people realised that it really was something that could happen to anybody and wasn't just evidence of... It wasn't, it wasn't a gay disease. It, it wasn't a gay disease. Yeah. It, wasn't, it wasn't something to do with, you know, not looking after yourself. It really was something which could affect anybody and wasn't something to be stigmatised. And, you know, it was an actual real problem that really needed treating. And I think with how little of an issue it is today in in the Western world, and to, and not as much in the third world as mm-hmm. it used to be, um, I think people have got a, a much better grip on it and a much better understanding since. Yes. But the 90s was the beginning of that. We're speaking, of course, of, of AIDS. Yes. And the fact that we're mentioning it's because we see it twice in this episode. There was a poster um, about AIDS. Uh, what is it? it doesn't discriminate is the, yeah. is the yeah. subject. So again, that's... I mean, I, I would imagine they'd have posters... They have posters about, you know, about drugs and safe sex and things in our schools. Yeah. But this is seen so clearly in two shots, two tracking shots, yeah. that it's... And and the slogan they use, you know, it doesn't discriminate. It sounds rather than a warning for the fictional children. It's more of an advertisement and a warning for 
people watching yeah, the show. It's, it's, almost, it's for us, not for not for the cast. Yeah, it's it's almost a subliminal message in yeah, the background. Yeah. No one, it's not referenced. It's just there as a as a poster. AIDS uh, picture of uh, I think is it a, a black guy and a uh, white woman? Yeah, uh, with the tagline uh, "It does not discriminate," which again, even just as a subliminal message in a poster that we managed to capture even just being played out in 1997 first airing to uh the the audience of teenagers Mm -hmm. young young adults it was probably had more of an effect on them without them realizing yeah you say it's not actually addressed you Mm. would never see yeah the characters Mm. in sabrina the teenage witch discuss aids oh absolutely And and yet it's there very consciously in the background quite interesting and very of the time Harvey is, again, he's upset about the fact that he feels he's got to compa- uh, compete against Uncle Lloyd's stupid children. He just wants to start in a match because his family are coming to watch. So Sabrina, wanting to help her buddy out, she sneakily says another incantation. Maybe this Friday you'll start the game and Uncle Lloyd will leave in shame, she says. I kind of want to see Uncle Lloyd leaving in shame. Yeah. Just this grown, balding man... Just whimpering this as he exits. Out of shape, out of touch, arsehole. Yeah. I, I see him with this ring. Basically, I see his face. It looks like a fucking ball sack. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just him just walking away, hanging his head in shame. His three kids dragging their knuckles along behind him. Yeah. All three of them missing teeth and yeah. looking like they're. Fucking have Yeah. 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 Just basic wankers. Yeah, but yeah. maybe I mean I know we still haven't yet met, met Mister Kinkle, but maybe seeing we've been introduced to an Uncle Lloyd, maybe we'll see Lloyd and uh, Kinkle, Mister Kinkle. Yeah, whose first name we still don't even know. Yeah, Mister, I assume. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah, his first name is Mister. Mister yeah. Kinkle. I think his first name's Dick. <laughs> Mister Dick Kinkle. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I'm happy with that. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Richard yeah. Kinkle, yeah. Lloyd, Lloyd Kinkle, Dick Lloyd Kinkle. and Dick Kinkle. So uh, she says this rhyme and then Harvey questions it because he's very confused. Suddenly the new football coach, yes. completely different to the one that we yes. met a few episodes ago, uh, he's changed race now and uh, he walks past and tells Harvey, hey Kinkle, you're starting on Friday. I am. You are? The fact that Scallions are evidently not doing very well if they're changing coaches, maybe they should give Harvey a run out. Absolutely, give him a chance. <clears throat> We then weirdly jump back to the Spellman house and I timed it for literally seven seconds where Hilda and Zelda are admiring an old rug. Yeah, I... Seven seconds, man. What... It was... I, just, under, I understand why they did it for referencing later on in the episode, but did it have to happen there? Yeah, so uh, so aside from Sabrina, Harvey, Valerie and the Quizmaster, we've got um, this storyline involving this bloody rug involving Hilda, Zelda and Salem. And this is kind of to address it, but it's so weirdly like drop. It's as if they've forgotten about it and gone, oh, shit, where are we going to put it? Quit here. And it's such a weird seven seconds. Yeah, I wonder if they realised afterwards that they weren't really given sort of like giving a proper introduction to the whole rug issue and realised they needed to slot in a short introductory scene. 
but they'd already timed the episode out, so it had to be very short. Yeah, so that's all a good and guess. It's, it's just them admiring this old rug that they've they found somewhere and yeah. they're putting in the house. Uh, back in school, and Sabrina spots a job ad for the slicery. It's under new management for the first time this month. Valerie says. So, like the fighting scallions, uh, <laughs> the slicery um, going through management changes a lot. Yeah, they probably went bust after those installing those new booths. Maybe the refurb took, yeah. Yeah, took a lot of money out of the profits, and it's not made it back since. Just glad they got rid of the uh, creepy uh, "Go on, kisser" guy. Oh from God! Oh God! Yeah. manager. Uh, but yeah, so there's this job ad going and they're looking for part-timers to work after school. Valerie warns Sabs that she hasn't had much luck with jobs because she once was a camp counsellor and she was sacked after two days for making children vanish. Well, no, she just lost the kids in the woods. And she goes... So I, I'm thinking they went on some form of orientation or excursion and Valerie lost them all. And she goes, it's fine, they found the kids. Eventually. How long were they missing for? Because inattentive um, camp counsellors uh, led to Jason Voorhees uh, drowning in Friday the 13th. That so, is very uh, true. Yeah. Same universe. Same universe. Same universe. And universe, also man, Friday yeah. the 13th sent a point to the last episode. Yeah. So it's all Valerie's fault. Valerie's the reason why Jason Voorhees is around. Hang on a tick. So if Jason Voorhees is same universe, does that mean Freddy Krueger's the same universe too? They fought each other. They so, did. I guess so. Maybe, maybe Sabrina versus or Sabrina X Jason. Sabrina has a um, a nightmare in this episode. Could have been a lot worse. It <laughs> could have been a lot <laughs> Freddy worse. Freddy could have paid a visit. <laughs> oh, Fred. <laughs> In the corridor, and Harvey is full of a cold and angry that he's ill. Now he has a big game ahead of him. I can hear my dad now. Your nose runs faster than you do. Fucking bastard. Good joke, Mr. Kinkle, but you're doing it to destroy the confidence of your son, so you're still a bastard. (laughs) Feeling sorry for him, she uses yet another rhyming incantation. No spells at school unless I got her, and I do, so make it hotter. Not one of your best, love. Not, <laughs> not one of your not best. One of your best ones. As, uh, as Quizmaster says uh, elsewhere in this episode, they don't have to be pretty, they just have to rhyme. Yeah, so, that's uh... all. And boy, does she make it difficult for herself uh, a little later on. So she's making the school a lot hotter and a lot warmer just because apparently that will cure him. Of his cold? I don't think that really works. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> We then jump to the slicery where Sabs and Val are just wrapping up their orientation of the slicery with Mrs. Papowski, who has given them the wrong name badges, as instead of Sabrina and Valerie, they say Selinus and Fred. <laughs> Fucking yes, Fred. And Miss Papowski refuses to call them by Sabrina and Val. It's, it's... One of the moments I laughed most at later in the episode is Mrs. Papowski opening the door and shouting, Fred! And <laughs> Valerie responding. <laughs> So yeah, they've uh, they've started and uh, they believe that they are ready to rock. She says, um, you know, if you need any uh, help, uh, let me know. My office is between the fryer and the wall. <laughs> Only a few lines, but I quite enjoyed Mrs. Papowski. <laughs> yeah, she was funny. She was no Mrs. Papaya Pants. But, no, no, uh, she was no, no Poopy Pants. Papaya uh, Pants. Yeah. Uh, she leaves the kids to their craft when the phone suddenly rings. The orders start coming in and they are a well-oiled machine. At least for the first pizza anyway, because Val fucks up the other two. Nice. Mr. Papowski also tells him that it's going to get really busy because the nearby Weight Watchers meeting has just finished. Ah, uh, yeah. bloody Weight Watchers. Yeah, yeah, obviously still exists now, but I remember it sort of became a thing in the... Uh... Yeah, yeah. All, all the rage is, is I assume, it's, popular, it's pop culture now that Weight Watchers is a thing. Back home and Hilda and Zelda are arguing about the position of their rug. And again, that lasted 12 seconds. Uh, yeah. Again, Brooke. forgotten about it. Shit, how are we going to fit in this rug? 
Yeah. It's just crammed two little short scenes. Jumping back into the slicery kitchen, and it's chaos, because every pizza is burnt to a crisp. The phone is ringing, and someone is going to get fired unless food starts getting out. To be honest, the fault is with Mrs. Popowski, because it's clearly very busy, and she's only got two staff. But this whole, um, or these whole um, series of scenes of them in the slicery, I thought was a very nice little bit of satire on um, like fast food staffing culture. Mm. One, getting teenagers in there and treating them like absolute dog shit. B, understaffing the place and then blaming the teenagers when they can't do it to save money. And C, obviously later on Valerie sort of getting a promotion and all of a sudden treating Sabrina like shit because those mm-hmm. places are dog eat dog yeah so the uh, so everything has gone to pot because there's only two in the kitchen Valerie is frozen with nerves while uh, Sabrina is fetching burnt pizzas out of the oven and none of them can handle the pressure so to save their asses, Sabrina does another spell and it's a bit of a mouthful she says I can't tell the future that would make me omnis- omniscient but something's bad's going to happen unless Val's more efficient. Yeah, um, all she's... of a sudden Valerie is uh, a dynamo. <laughs> yeah, she uh, starts ringing out the orders, she's making them. And just like that, Val becomes uh, a beast in the kitchen and starts ringing out these orders to save the day. Will that bite her on the arse? Yes. Yeah. Spoiler alert. At home, and Sabrina is tucking into some science homework when suddenly the quizmaster rocks up with an easy task. She must clean her room with another spell, which is, Here's a quiz, I know I'll ace. Put everything back in its rightful place. Her clothes are put away and her room is clean. However, the new rug downstairs vanishes and Salem appears on Sabrina's bed reading her diary. And that is Salem's rightful place. It is. Just being a nuisance on Sabrina's bed. And I really liked that. I thought that was... No, no, no. This is what I gathered from it. It's the fact that um, before Sabrina moved in, that was Salem's room. Yes. Mmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's And Salem had to be kicked out of that room to make space for Sabrina so where does is Salem now where's he, Salem's room where does he keep all his cat toys and weapons of mass destruction a confident Sabrina says she feels guilty about getting an A for that easy spell so she's shocked to find out that she failed because her spell was too sloppy and vague the quizmaster warns her to start cleaning up her spells and vanishes we're in school and it's really hot due to a broken boiler or at least that's what Sabrina thinks, until a handy locker-sized quizmaster is sunbathing and sweating in her locker, because he tells her that it's because she kept her heat spell running. So the spell is... I mean, we've never seen spells lasting really long. They've always been short-term gains. So. They seem to have built-in sort of limits, like they wear off, like the... Um... I mean, it wasn't a spell, but the whole you can tell a mortal and they forget at midnight yes, uh, thing yeah. in the last episode. Maybe maybe that one was actually to do with the wording of the heating spell because she, she'd she never put a time yeah. frame on it. Yeah. Yeah. And that, But then you think about put everything in its rightful place. What happens if something gets taken from its rightful place? Does it immediately go back to it? Mm-hmm. Uh, many questions. Many yeah, questions. Yeah, well, which, I mean, the wording of the spell with the, the school being hot, she did say make it hotter. So it could just keep getting hotter and hotter and hotter. Yeah. And suddenly the school, I guess, melts. Yes. <laughs> That'd be what it leads spontaneously to. combust. I don't know. <laughs> so, uh, yes, she's, uh, she's learning the ways of her poorly worded spells. She tries to fix it with a lazy undo spell, but he has removed her privileges to teach her a valuable lesson. And this is my, I think, my favourite visual um, special effect, I think, in the show so far, is she tries to fire it, and a little flag pops out of her finger which says, no can undo. Yeah. Which is not only funny, but it's no can do, no can undo, but 
I think it's so slick and so good that spell. It's like a little pop gun, isn't it? Like, yeah, like, like the bang side in a cartoon. Yeah, yeah. and I, 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 from a finger, from a finger, and it looks fantastic. I think that that's my favourite visual effect. I think I've seen in the show so far because it's so small, but it's so so good. So, yeah, it's so, so perfect. Yeah. And the thing is, you could technically do that live as well. Possibly, yeah. You I mean, do, yeah, if, the, the, if you if you type something on, you know, a little spring effect, yeah. next to the finger and straight yeah. out it could be done live taking it back though definitely not yeah, yeah. Oh, very very good though it's yeah. al- almost Inspector Gadgety isn't it yeah. Some, something <laughs> he'd fire out of his finger oh don't remind me of Matthew Broderick oh, oh goodness thanks mate Jesus Matthew Broderick and uh, Rupert Everett isn't it <laughs> yeah <sighs> what a film <laughs> so just then a very efficient Valerie is giving Mrs Quick some projection targets for the school paper to maximise resources time and effort so Sabrina thinks that spell is going well but the quizmaster reminds her that the heat spell went well yesterday and look at it now so she's got to start thinking more about her spells Sabrina glances over at Harvey who has burnt his hand on his locker giving him even more difficulty playing in the game on Friday have we talked about Harvey Killing the poor uh, boy against the locker. No, that's this, not, this yeah. now. This, this is coming now. Up now sorry, yeah. sorry. So yeah, Harvey's burnt his hand on the locker, and he's disappointed that oh great, I had enough trouble catching balls with two good hands. Yeah. Now he's got a burnt one and a broken one in the last episode. Yeah, so. I know. Yeah, no good record with his hands. He really doesn't have a good record with his hands. I mean, has he injured any other parts of his body that we can remember? His spine. The his coach, spine. The coach yeah. has given him yeah. some grief into. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, season two's not treating Harvey very well, is no, it? No. So, uh, yeah, so Sabrina goes to work on trying to make Harvey more confident and uh, better at football. So she says, It's hot in here, the sweats are pooling, so let's get down to some serious cooling. So she fixes one problem, but now she wants to fix Harvey. The team doesn't need a Harvey that's tame, so make him worthy of the Hall of Fame. Causing a ball rushing Harvey to sack the shit out of a student into a locker. He fucking munched him, mate. <laughs> he just destroyed him. I think the word we're looking for is creamed. Yeah. He the, got creamed. Just the thud of this young man against the locker. Jesus. Yeah, it wasn't like it was padded or anything or just a, a soft wall. Metal lockers. Yeah. yeah. And this kid, you know, that gets hit into, I mean, would he be an actor or a, or a stuntman? I this, think it was stuntman worthy. Would that. have to be. Yeah. I mean, this guy, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's not like a, a big strapping man. He was quite tall, quite slender, just casually reading a book up against this locker. And my God, he gets yeah, pummeled. The thud of metal on bone. Bagged. It was. <laughs> we, we had to watch it a few times yeah. just to take it all in. But it that was, was. Oh, it was. It was dreadful. It was visceral. <laughs> it again. was. It was graphic. Sabrina's glory is quickly diffused when the quizmaster reminds her that when immediate cold air meets immediate hot air. A thunderstorm and rain occurs, so naturally it starts pouring it down in the school. Also, when he's giving his weather report, complete with map, he's wearing a blazer which appears to have pictures of coat hangers on it. <laughs> yeah. This man's wardrobe. Yeah. It was just amazing. Yeah, we failed to mention his, his outfit when he... Um, Oh well, yeah, when he when he the asks Bill Sabrina Gates to clean, outfit. yeah, <laughs> when he asks Sabrina to clean the room, yeah, he's got this fluorescent shiny blue shirt with like black windows on them, much yeah. like yeah, Windows screensaver. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's so nineties. Yeah. those windows. Yeah, yeah. got to give massive props to the props in this. Uh, uh, the props uh, and the costume. Yeah, yeah, yeah this show. Yeah, we've, uh, if this episode's anything to go by, it's fantastic. 
So yeah, it starts chucking it down and it's only going to get worse from here. At home, and Hilda and Zelda are still bickering about that fucking rug until they notice it's missing. Psst. Psst. Tell you what happened to it for a belly rub, Salem says, before ratting Sabrina in when she arrives home. Zelda asks Sabrina to do an undo spell, but then, of course, the tiny flag flies out of, her, out of her finger, saying no can undo. Zelda is unable to undo a no can undo spell because it's a triple negative and therefore magically ungrammatical. Love that. Yes. Very, very awesome. Good. Again, just a tiny fleeting moment that is just awesome. Before Sabrina leaves, she does try to help them one last time by making them vanish to the place where they found their rug. Merlin's Weekend Castle. One thing that's worth discussing, though, is we've always known Merlin to be a wizard. Does this mean wizards exist? Or, in Sabrina, everyone is a witch? Because we've already said that witch is a an ungendered thing. Yeah. Are we led to believe that Merlin is just a wizard, or is that just the name he was given? How about this? One is quite simple because Merlin was known to the mortal realm, so when he appeared in the mortal realm he was known as a wizard. Or two, witches and wizards used to have different uh, names and roles, however eventually they are much further along than us and therefore dismissed gender roles and everyone became known as witches. I like that one. Yeah, I, they, I like they, to they believe moved, that one. They yeah. move with the times. Yeah, except ahead of us. Yes, yes. Because well, they've already got virtual reality. True. Because we've see we've see that Merlin is still a bit trapped in the past because mm-hmm. he hasn't seen Zelda for about five hundred years, and he's still uh, sort of venting on uh, that uh, lust for revenge and stuff. So, so, so I, I think your theory on that, Chris, stands for that. Yeah. Like, and Zelda says of Merlin, for a man in a dress, he's a real misogynist. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's very good. So, I guess, yeah, Merlin is very behind in the times. Yeah. So, yeah. We're painting a pretty picture for this character that we'll probably only see the once. I hope we see him again, though, because he's uh, he's played by a very good uh, comic actor. Yeah, it was a very, very zany, uh, sort of kind of camp sort of portrayal of Merlin uh, um, from, uh, what's the actor's name? I can't remember his surname, but his first name's Bobcat. No, it's not. No, it absolutely is. No, it's not. It is Bobcat. So, uh, yeah, so they've transported into Merlin's uh, castle, and they realised that because she said, oh, my God, like you had such a vicious breakup. By the end, the only thing I liked about him was this rug. And they realised, oh, shit, we're in Merlin's castle. So the great my question Merlin- is, though, how did they get the rug in the first place? Because I assumed that when they came in with it, they bought it somewhere. Yes. So to put it back in its rightful place, i.e. Merlin's castle, means that Merlin sold it, which means the castle is no longer the rug's rightful place. Unless it was stolen. I think they must have stole it when she, when she broke up from Merlin. She made off with oh, this rug. I think that's And they stored it in the dungeon, and then they got it from the dungeon to put in the yeah. hall but with the, right, the new... Yeah. But the rightful place is Merlin's castle because he bought it and she nicked oh, it. Okay. Yeah, so it's gone back there, so that's why he's got it. When they first, when it first showed them, before they explained the whole thing about Merlin and the castle and everything, when it first just showed them in a medieval room, I was like, are we finally seeing the dungeon? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly not. Well, exactly where we're finally taking us. No, no but the, that, that was definitely a too tame a set for it to be the <laughs> too dungeon. Too tame a set, too well lit, not yeah. enough instruments of torture. No. So for reasons unknown, they can't zap out, I guess, Merlin's kind of trapped him in there but uh, but they must interact with Merle himself in a really disappointingly costume 
But disappointingly costly. Because yeah. I missed out the word shite. <laughs> <laughs> Just realised I missed the word out. Yeah. <laughs> so a disappointingly shite costume is what I meant to say. Uh, and uh, yeah, so but the guy plays him. Yeah, Mr. Bobcat is very very good, isn't it? He imprisons the gang in a big cage and says that they will only get out once. Zelda loves me again. In his weird sort of comedy high pitched cartoony voice yeah it really reminded me of something and someone but I can't yeah, remember what I, I, I mean it's almost like a a, a Disney animated character it reminded me of Gru yeah. from Despicable Me it's kind of no, like Steve Carell's voice no 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 because that's something entirely different it's this like possibly Bobcat Mr. Bobcat has voiced a known cartoon character yeah. or something and it's that exact voice <gasps> I know what it is I, you can see it's not there it's one of the little minions from Hercules it's gotta be Oh yeah, yeah, might be. Yeah, let's see. Hercules. Oh, that no, uh, that's the video game voice pain. There he is, Hercules. There you go, pain. Her- pain. He voiced pain. Excellent. There we go. There we go. Well, well, well done. <laughs> oh, we got there, didn't we? Mate, you know when you, 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 you I, I feel so satisfied placing that voice now. Yeah, I feel so satisfied placing that voice. So the gang have been imprisoned by uh, by Merlin, and uh, they will only be freed if Zelda says that she will love him again. What if I can love you, Hilda says? Or me, Salem cries. I can be quite tender. As <laughs> <laughs> I say, Nick Mackay on the verge of tears is almost as funny as. Salem crying. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I know this just from uh, things I've heard about this, the characters of Salem sort of as the season progresses, but uh, apparently Salem is bisexual, and I guess this is the uh, first taste that we've got of him. I'm really interested to see how that is revealed. <laughs> Whoa, wait, where's that come from? In the, in the like, the Spoon of Teenage Witch sort of like wiki, just like known, um, you know, it's, it, it, we, we learn that he is bisexual. So maybe, maybe cool. this, there's an episode right. on this, Which... or, or, it could, or it's just subtly hinted at like yeah. this which leads to my the the witching world is much further along than than we are hence the gender neutral name of witches and an openly bisexual and the, yeah the uh, gender neutral sex that Salem has yeah, yeah. so uh, yeah fabulous eh? <laughs> at the slicery and Sabrina has made like 100 pizzas or 75 as Valerie accurately tells her who is then promoted to a supervisor and starts being far too bossy and just awful even timing Sabrina's 10 minute break during which uh, she has a nightmare of a pizza conveyor belt going haywire but luckily, she's woken up by Valerie shouting Spellman at her, which is very awful. Yeah, that dream sequence reminded me of the Generation game. Did a little bit. It needed yeah. some Generation game music, I think. Yeah, it did. Well, the, the Generation game's not very popular in my family, so... Uh... <laughs> Would you like to expand on that? Yeah, what? <laughs> my you can't son- say that and not go into it. Oh, yeah. My great-uncle Jeffrey, my second cousin Gina, were on the Generation game, probably around about this time, probably late 90s. Uh, she was very young at the time, and... Um, yeah, uh, they were making a barrel, I believe. That was the challenge. And a uh, well-known cunt, Jim Davidson, uh, who was hosting at the time, came over. He said, oh, you're looking good there with that barrel. Kick the barrel, it fell apart. Wow. And that made it on all like the, it'll be all right on the night, sort of compilations and things like oh, that. Shit, really? So, yeah, um, yeah, Jim Davidson, among the many awful things he's done, uh, screwed, screwed my family out of a, uh, yeah, a game show victory. 
Wow. Mm. I'm going to have to see if that's on YouTube, mate. Mm. So Jim Davidson goes on the bastard scale. <laughs> well, Jim Davidson is is, is, is the, the bastard, bastard scale. scale yeah. He's at the top of the bastard scale. Back at Merlin's Castle Dungeon, and Hilda and Zelda are trying to think up a plan. How about we weep uncontrollably? <coughs> I wouldn't mind if you did that for the rest of the yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh, all he I, says. I'm with you there. Zelda says that Merlin hates being antagonised and challenged. So maybe if they're nice to him... He'll let them go. However, that plan quickly goes out the window once they all start hurling abuse at him. Zelda says that Sabrina is going to rescue them once she realises that they're missing. So Merlin magics up some mannequins in their clothes in the house. And an angry, rambling Sabrina doesn't even notice the difference. Because yeah. teenagers are self-absorbed. And yes. Merlin knew that. <laughs> yeah. Playing yeah, on so, that. So for someone who is out of touch with the world and society as a whole... He still understands teenagers. If yeah. there's one thing that's probably never changed throughout the millennia, it's that. So, <laughs> yeah. uh... Teenagers have been the same through all of time. In school, and it's snowing very heavily indoors because of, obviously, the storm and the all the weather stuff that Sabrina has invoked, Valerie says that friendship is an inefficient use of her time. And as well, Harvey has seemingly been doing pull-ups for 24 hours straight because he is buff. He is a proper Michelin man. <laughs> yeah. So a blizzard picks up even, you know, heavier, and Sam has to think of a spell before she's blown away. Block the snow from pouring out and stick something in that spewing spout. So naturally, really massive Jack Harvey is the blocker. And he gets just wedged in the door <laughs> and... I mean, that frees the poor bloke. Well, yeah, that's what... She just said to put something there. She didn't specify not a human or put an inanimate object in the door or stop the blizzard <laughs> or stop the blizzard yeah it was it's a it's a very unspecific incantation yeah and that's why you need to do that because on top of all his other injuries and uh pains in life harvey's gonna get hypothermia now so yeah, exactly he that's could, the least of his worries he could get a frostbite on yeah. his uh, on his buttocks yeah, yeah. Anything, anything could happen to him. So, naturally, Sabrina decides to cry for help from the Quizmaster, who revels in her apology. He spouts a really long-winded and ugly incantation that is so specific that everything Sabrina caused is back to normal. And in the nick of time, too, because we cut to Hilda and Zelda as they're just about to eat Salem. Well, they're certainly about to kill him because... <laughs> yeah. um, I believe it's Hilda. It's got to be Hilda, right? Yeah, yeah it was. Gets, gets her hand on his neck just as they teleport back into the house. <laughs> Quick question, though. Salem, as a cat, was a human. If they had eaten him, would it be deemed as cannibalism? I don't know. Um, in the court of which, I don't know how they'd uh, determine it. Is cannibalism even a crime? We don't know. Mm. Well, that's true. But at the same time, you know, he's a human that's been turned into a cat. So eating the cat, is that cannibalism? What I want to know is, after they've eaten Salem and digested him and, you know, the, their uh, excremental remains have been put elsewhere, in 75, yeah, in <laughs> 75 years' time, will that pile of shit kind of just expand to what it would have been like if he was a human-sized pile of shit? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What? That's what I want to well, know. He's, been, he's close to be a cat for 100 years, isn't he? Oh, so you're saying that the the size of the portion of the cat that they had eaten and then digested and come out would then have to expand uh, to alleviate the, the pressure of the change? Yeah. 
Wow. <laughs> that's that's some shit I don't need to know. No, <laughs> no, that's fucking gross. Um, so we cut back to Sabrina because she has got to... She's had to learn to be more considerate with her magic because even though the Quizmaster spewed a really garish, long-winded, horrible, unmusical piece of rhyme for the incantation, it was so specific that it did everything she needed without affecting everyone in the process. So that's what Sabrina's got to learn. It's not going to be pretty. It's just got to be right. So she realises that that she needs to be more considerate and hopefully that will last. And, um, yeah, she also noticed... What did she use about the Quizmaster's fly? Oh, your barn door's open. There we go. On your ski suit. Yes. Barn door. Not heard that before. (laughs) No. Flying low, I've heard. Yeah. Charlie's dead. Yeah. Uh, Barn door's open. No. No. Must must be an American thing. So we'll use it. Back home and Sabrina vows to never use an inexact incantation again and in fact she's going to head upstairs and clean her room the old-fashioned way. Hilda and Zelda and Salem are just relieved to be out of that terrifying situation, especially Salem who was almost killed and is upset that they turned on him. They cheer him up though by rubbing his belly. I'm so cheap, he says. <laughs> Great line. There we go. So to diffuse his anger, just... Just rub his belly. So maybe when he was trying to take over the world, all he wanted was a belly rub. Or they literally rubbed him the wrong way, and that's hey, what hey, 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 hey. Maybe that's the entire reason why Salem wanted to take over the world in the first place. He wasn't getting treated right. Yeah, yeah exactly. They're all possible um, sort of causes that we want to investigate in uh, in Salem Origins. I think Salem Origins stories is turning into a choose-your-own-adventure. I think that's what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. So we'll, we'll make... <laughs> Whatever you think Salem's reasons to take over the world were, you can make them his reasons and see how it would turn out. Yeah, yeah. let us know. Send us an email, sabrinateenagewatch at gmail.com. How do you think Salem... Uh, well, why do you think Salem turned into a cat? Like, what What do you think he did? What were the reasons why he became a an overlord? And hey, if we ever find time, one summer, we'll write our choose-your-own-adventure story. The credits roll, and Valerie, who is back to normal, is telling Sabrina that she was sacked from the slicery for apparently burning down the restaurant and knocking Mrs. Popowski out in the process. Meaning she wasn't able to escape from the burning restaurant and died. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and now it's now there's new management taking over yet again because somebody died. Well, Harvey too has bulked down over the weekend and managed to catch a pass during the game, even if it was out of bounds. Oh. At least he caught it. At least he played. Yeah. yeah. Probably wasn't enough for Mr. Kinkle, though. No, not, not enough for that dick, eh? Uh, the Quizmaster is also living in Sabrina's locker because his, his apartment is being painted and he needs somewhere to crash. Don't know what's wrong with Sabrina's house. <laughs> no, I, I'm starting to get a little weirded out with this Quizmaster's relationship with Sabrina. I mean, he just popped by in the other episode. He, he didn't have anywhere to be on Halloween and yeah. now he's living in her locker. It's, oh, it's making me feel uncomfortable. I think he's actually homeless. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think I think that that mouse, that giant mouse, just ate him out of house and home. Yeah, well, I, I'm just going to ask, like, do you think the ha- the mouse is in there with him, or the mouse has taken over his? his I think the mouse has taken over his house, or the quizmaster had moved in with a mouse. It wasn't the other way around. 
Yes, and he maybe he was the pest. Maybe the guy won't leave my house. That mouse is on the phone to his insurance, going, "There's this jazzy clothed gentleman has just moved into my mouse hole, and he will (laughs) not leave." I've got a quizmaster infestation. (laughs) He's he's nibbling holes in all my furniture. (laughs) He's putting all my CDs in the wrong places. He's he's putting riddles up on the walls. His barn door is always open. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. And on that note, that is the end of episode 11. Oh, what a tangled spell she weaves. Boys, do you think it was an enjoyable spell or spells that she certainly weaved? Um, for the most part, yes. Um, yeah, there's quite quite a few good bits. I like the, you know, little bits of satire on, um, on fast food restauranting and you know teens in the world of work I thought that was good um, I liked Salem as ever I mean sort of like histrionic um, easily manipulated can't help being a cat Salem is the best Salem and we got loads of him so that was cool um, again it was sort of wacky and there wasn't much sort of humanity to it although um, I I hate that Mr. Kinkle is so horrible but I like getting evidence of it to get angry about, and we <laughs> yeah. got some of that. So it ticked plenty of boxes this episode. It was decent. Yes, absolutely. The you would say, if if we were antique in a cabinet, it'd be Mr. Kink will be thinking about. Yes, absolutely. Uh, Chris, do you share the same things? Did you enjoy all the spells that she wove? Yeah, I like the whole idea of the incantations and the rhyming and getting things right. But again, I'm just, I I feel like I'm now just. It, this season, it was great to start with. I was really happy with the whole zany nature, but now it's just... I'm getting a bit... Okay, come on, guys. It's been it's now raining inside and snowing inside, and Harvey's bulking up, and... I, I feel like Sabrina's taking her friends for a ride here, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. They are literally being magically abused, as are Hilda and Zelda and Salem. It's Sabrina who's constantly messing up in a way that is... Uh, as we are characterising it, zany, and it's it's sort of she, she's not learning quick enough for my liking. Yes, okay. She's not learning quick enough. You've That's got your teacher head on, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it is. It, it's oh, I'm just I, I'm just I feel like I'm along for the ride now. Yeah, that 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 does raise a good point actually, Chris. That she's hurting those around her a yeah. lot, mm. yeah. and that if, if anything is going to take away sort of like the human side of things. It's the fact that that keeps happening and it's just shrugged off as just japes. Yeah, yeah. it's like, oh, it's okay. It's okay because she's she's still learning. Yeah, she's learning. So she's still got her training wheels on. It's fine. Yeah, but, but it's not fine. Jesus, they nearly died in a vortex. <laughs> yeah. They're a workout, these episodes. Yeah. I don't mean that they're a chore to sit through because they are still entertaining, but you feel a little drained by the end of them because so much happens and it's so wild and so... So everything compared yeah. to season one, it, it, like. it's 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 the rook. You said it itself. It's seven seconds and then twelve seconds. It's boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. And I'm just like, okay, where am I now? Yeah, it's it's like. I mean, I know these episodes, the majority of them have been quite simple. Like this is just an episode based around Serena saying rhymes in yeah. the correct way. But sometimes I think they try and put fit too much into. And an episode that doesn't need as much cutaways or characters, and I think that sometimes they're overstretching themselves. And I think, even though I enjoyed this episode, I think this is an evidence of a little bit of overstretching. And I know we've got 130 odd uh, episodes left, and not all of them can be 100% original, but it still sucks a little bit that 
you know, 20 odd episodes, 30 odd episodes in, we're getting a similar episode, a recycled one. I still can't forget that fact. And even yeah. though it was completely different, done yeah. in a completely different way to the one in season one, it's still a bit of a shame that they feel they still need to go there. Yeah, I've you know. forgot most of the details of terrible things, so it, until you mentioned it, it didn't strike me too much that it was a, any kind of research. Yeah, it, but... it, it, was, it wasn't like 100%, 100% spot on, not even 50% spot on, but it was, yeah. I think, the fact that it was just a similar storyline. Yeah, similar premise. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You read the synopsis of the two episodes, you'd be like, that's basically the same thing. Yeah. Again, yeah. It, it, it's this idea of them being in the writer's room going, what can we do with Sabrina today? You know, but again, in this episode, it's like we've got. I hope no one ever went. Haven't we already done that? Our kids are stupid. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, see if we agree with what Chris thinks about this episode. He is our rank master at the end of each episode. He tells us rightly what he believes this episode is, and he is he is a factual man. He does know his stuff, and it's up to me and Graham to see whether we agree or disagree with the man. So, Chris, episode eleven. Oh, what a tangled spell she weaves. What do you give it? Um, I think this is purely because I'm I'm just I'm a little bit downtrodden with the way that these episodes are, go- are going. I think I'm gonna have to go with um, 4.5 dick kinkles. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd go with five. Yes. Yeah. And I I agree with you, Graham. I think five is a good. It, it was an episode that started. It had a beginning, a middle, and an end. It was a good episode. Enjoyed it, but didn't love it. However, what do you think we'll uh, make of episode 12, boys? It is called Sabrina Claus. With the title being Sabrina Claus, I'm going to go with Sabrina ends up having to do Santa Claus's job. But I'm going to go one further, and I'm going to tell you the reason for that. Ooh. It's going to be ludicrous. It's going to be awesome. Well, we did have Coolio in the last one, so I guess Ludicrous could pop up in this one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, I'm going to say that Sabrina, um, Sabrina, Hilda, Zelda, and Salem take a trip to the North Pole where they run into Santa Claus, and what happens is Sabrina uh, accidentally, and I'm using air quotes here, accidentally maims Santa so he can't do his job and therefore to make sure the world keeps spinning she has to take on the role of Santa Claus I yeah I can can't imagine it being anything other than Sabrina has to do deliver the presents at Christmas because in which universe Santa is 100% real and he's a witch and he uses magic to deliver presents on Christmas Eve yes well yeah it's it's obvious of what it's about so episode 12 Sabrina Claus uh, Sabrina must fill in for Santa Claus after he becomes injured but did she injure him? Probably. Or was it Hilda? <laughs> it was Hilda, definitely. <laughs> yeah. So find out what we score episode 12, our second Christmas episode. Of course, it's been broadcast in, what, March? <laughs> yeah, probably. So yeah, we are really sort of behind in Yeah, the we times. really need to get this son in check. So so next week, we'll all arrive, we'll, we'll pull a few crackers, put our hats on. <laughs> I really don't want to do that again. <laughs> we, we've only just got the last one out over with. Uh, but no, we'll, we'll try and make it feel a little bit Christmassy, eh? Instead of coffee... We'll have some mulled wine. Eh? Or some eggnog. Eggs, eggnog, we'll have some eggnog. Uh, Could I have some whiskey then? If, if you want. We'll, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll get festive up in here. And if you want to join us for that, that is next week's I don't, episode. I don't have to wear a Christmas jumper, do I? If you want to, mate. No, I don't. Now you've suggested it. No, I don't. Compulsory. Oh, you dick. <laughs> we'll feel like Cliff Richard, you know, he records, <laughs> he records his Christmas albums in summer, you see. So, uh, <laughs> um... <laughs> 
Oh, man. So that is our second Christmas episode again, recording nowhere near actual Christmas. Thank you very much for listening to this week's show. I have been Phil Dean. Uh, thank you very much. And uh, joining me on this ride has been Mr. Graham Riley. Thank you, Graham. Thank you. I've not got a song for you this week, I'm afraid. Oh, okay. Well, mate, that, that's the Christmas one's next week, maybe. Yes. And uh, joining me for this ride as well has been Chris Evans. Thank you, well, Chris. Uh, not a problem, Phil. And I have to say, it's had its ups and downs. Because it's a ride. Ride? Yeah, he said joining me on this ride. It's had its ups and downs. Oh, I think. Great. Yeah. Done. I think we could sing a song. Life is a roller coaster. <laughs> Just gotta ride it. <laughs> on that bar. Sabrina the Teenage Watch is available in many different formats, so whether you're listening to us on SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, or iTunes, please leave us a comment or a review. Your support means we get more listeners. And it means our hard work is not going to waste. And we can look at ourselves in the mirror. If you want to contact us or keep up to date with our episodes, you can follow us on Twitter at Sabrina Watch. And you can find us on Facebook. Just search for Sabrina the Teenage Watch and there we shall be. And thank you to you for listening wherever you are. And remember, may every little thing you do be be magic. magic.